Well, there's been a lot of work being done to try to reduce those numbers, but we know that the pandemic threw a wrench into a lot of that. One of the plans that was put in place was some supportive housing complexes uh, that were built. Challenge now is, well, they're built, but there's not enough money to run some of the apartment units in these housing complexes. What's going on? What can be done? We're joined this afternoon by Susan McGee, who's the CEO of Homeward Trust. Susan, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. What are the numbers looking like right now when it comes to um, the, the, the homeless issue in our city? Well, we've certainly, um, as your opening remarks indicated, seen an increase during the pandemic, and um, some 2,700 folks are experiencing homelessness uh, per our by-name list. And, of course, uh, we know that there's others that are um, still just, you know, struggling to maintain their housing. So it's certainly been a challenge. Yeah, certainly a challenge. And with the inflation rate going up all the way around, there's so many issues uh, facing so many people right across the board right now. You touch on, you know, how close it is for some people. So we know that um, there were these new supportive housing complexes that had uh, been put in place. And the problem being is they're kind of being they're vacant right now. What what's going on? Where's where's the money? What kind of money is needed to get folks into these units? Well, it is important to clarify that they are vacant because we are moving into them and we are finishing some of the works to ensure that um, some of the the furnishings and the, and the setup of the units is a you know set up for folks who are currently being coordinated um, through coordinated access and through some of the bridge housing that um, those individuals that were, will be referring to the sites. And we're also staging them as they get rolled out. It's, mm. a, it's, a, it's a lot of folks in a short period of time. But in terms of the resourcing and the questions about the, the new funding that uh, the city of Edmonton and certainly um, the sector as a whole has really been you know, supporting and, and saying that there's a, an unmet need in terms mm. of dedicated supportive housing funding um, we are, we do have some additional funding from the federal government that will be going to make these sites work um, for the upcoming kind of transition years as we've received some funding specifically to transition us out of the pandemic. But um, these are these are sites that need ongoing, committed and planned dollars. So we are trying to do that in such a way that it's you know, really working with um, the resources we have and that we don't kind of just kick down the road on a funding problem 18 months from now. So uh, I know that sounds a little bit complex, but we do <laughs> are very fortunate that we, we do have the support. It's just, it's a, it's a, it, there's a dedicated funding for these mm. sites. And so we are working to, to bring those funds from other sources. All right. So I, I think even the last time we talked, there was, there was talk about having to re- reallocate and juggle some funds. So what does that look like and what does that potentially mean to the services that uh, Homeward Trust provides? Well, as, as, you know, going back to March and before the buildings were even ready, you know, we weren't sure if we would be getting some additional federal dollars or what the budgets going forward would look like. So we um, have been able to clarify and confirm. Um, But again, you know, that's a limited amount of time. But it does definitely mitigate um, the immediate impact on the existing programs. But you mentioned uh, inflation, and we are seeing, too, in the programs that we fund, the cost of actually supporting some of the um, sites that, you know, at any given night, we have a, a thousand people we're supporting in community that are in market housing or in other sites. Those costs are also going up. So mm-hmm. we're, we're trying to make sure that we have the most sustainable model possible.
Uh, we know that the mayor has been calling on the province for some time to, um, you know, to step up, looking for about $11 million to help with, with all of this. Um, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm sure that Homeward Trust would like to see that uh, as well. Does it make you scratch your head? And I know, you know, you don't want to play politics here, Susan, but I mean, you take a look at, you know, the, the current budget and uh, really the, the windfall from the resource revenue that we're seeing. Is it a little tough to swallow that maybe some isn't coming, um, you know, to, to help on this front or that more isn't coming to help on, on this front? Well, you know, we're, we continue to support and certainly agree with the mayor and the city of Edmonton's uh, advocacy efforts because this is really an unmet need um, within all of the services that Albertans um, have available to them, our health se- sector. You know, we, we do have a real challenge with this particular need for housing with on-site supports. We also um, have had opportunities to, you know, receive capital from and other sources to make these projects happen. So that frustration is is as much about, you know, being able to plan well mm-hmm. and plan well in advance for this work. And at the same time, um, we've got our work to do always as an organization to communicate that this is also a really a good use of public dollars. This is um, support that is financially. Um, not only cost avoidance in terms of the experience of homelessness and how much um, homelessness does cost our system, but it's also a community-based model that is less expensive than some of the other, you know, more clinical um, uh, interventions that some uh, some individuals may otherwise need. So we just we keep you know, really trying to drive that home. One of the things that um, I think is really important with um, w- with these, with with this housing or a lot of this housing is the full wraparound services that come with it. I've, you know, when you have conversations with people who, like you and, and other people who are frontline and uh, who are, are dealing with folks every single day, say it has to be more than just housing. There has to be more there. Can you tell us about how that works? when it comes to, you know, making the transit or helping with the transition of getting folks off the streets into a safe place, but also making sure that all of the other needs are being met as well and why that is a key factor in success. Absolutely. And, you know, homelessness, uh, it's often said, you know, it's it's always about housing, but it's never just about housing. Mm -hmm. And so the, you know, fact that folks once housed continue to uh, live uh, with very low income, um, often, you know, struggling to just make ends meet and having the ability to, you know, pay less than market rent and, and have that deeper subsidy. But then in other projects, you know, we're, we really work as a community to align the right level of supports for individuals and where they're at. So not not all of the folks that we're housing and, and you know, we've maintained a pace of 120 or more folks a month that are you know, going through and being supported by teams, not all of them require this level of 24-7 support. We really, you know, see the system that responds as one that connects people to the best uh, opportunities for them, for independence, and for, um, you know, really changing their, their, their situation in, a long time, in the long run. And I think that me, when we, we have so much focus on these units, and, and they are so important, but we also, I think, really need to stress that we, we're trying to be as effective as possible. And not everybody um, needs that high a level of support. Mm-hmm. And also, there just, isn't, there just isn't sufficient options for those that do. Susan, before I, before I let you go, you know, oftentimes when, when we talk about this issue uh, on the show, a lot of times um, people 
people will say, oh, you know, there's folks that don't want to come off the streets. There's folks that um, need to go back to, um, you know, the, the hometowns where they, they, they moved in from. There's a lot of finger pointing. There's a lot of questions there. And I think one of the challenges being is that we oftentimes don't hear the success stories, Susan. We don't hear, uh, we hear the number. We hear, what, 2,700. We don't hear the success stories. Are you seeing success stories? Absolutely. And it's quite frankly, when the work is this hard, I know for the organizations that we work with, um, it's the most inspirational um, part of the work is that you have the opportunity to see how much supports and housing um, accessing housing completely changes lives and, and frankly saves lives. So, um, you know, we do know and we can get into a conversation about can you ever really end homelessness? Many people um, kind of might mm-hmm. question that. But what we know is that um, we and the, the community agencies that work hard on this every day have ended homelessness for so many people. And so there are interventions and there is support that truly does work. And it is very inspiring. And I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm in a position and a fortunate position to to really be able to appreciate that and sometimes it's in the form of you know really personal stories but we just also see it in the numbers Susan, want to thank you for joining me this afternoon and, uh, you know, keeping us updated on the challenging and important work that you, your team and so many others are doing uh, in this community. Thank you for this. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. Susan McGee is the CEO of Homeward Trust.